0: We're going to be in uh, the book of Psalms 115, and I, I'm not going to promise you we're going to get all the way through that. I have to tell my people that all the time. I'm pretty long-winded, um, but we'll, we'll stop when God says stop. We okay with that? All right. Like in this, in this life, and, there, and there's many reasons why we should live a life that matters. Like what you live for Matters. It matters to the 7 million people who live in Miami. What you give yourself to, what you devote yourself to, what you're living for actually matters. And it matters greatly. It matters not just to them, but it also matters to you what you're living for because it will impact your life and what you do with your life and the impact that your life has. And in this life, there there are many setbacks, there are many discouragements, there are hurts, there's worries, there's anxieties of how am I going to pay the bills because Miami's expensive, right? How we're going to deal with our health, maybe issues with children. Man, we have COVID and all the things that are going around there. There, there are just difficult seasons in life. Now well, I don't know what your encouragement is today, so hopefully this encourages you. If you're not in the midst of a difficult season, Right, if you're not experiencing one right now, praise the Lord. Be thankful for that. But here's, here's the news. You're getting ready to head in one or you're either heading out of one. Welcome to life. Like Life is difficult. You're going to learn the longer you're here, you're going to learn that there are seasons in life that they're just this hard and there's full of setbacks, full of discouragement. And what we're living for and what we live for makes a difference in how we handle those situations. And so in the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 19 through 21, Jesus says this, Don't lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is there, your heart will also be. And so whatever you're living for, whatever matters to you, and what you live for matters. Whatever, Whatever matters to you is what you treasure. It's what's in your heart. It's what you give yourself to. And it matters to you. It matters to everyone who's here today. To what we give ourselves to. And so as we begin in Psalms 115... The psalmist writes this, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Our God is in the heavens and He does all that He pleases. He says in verse 2, Why should they say, where is their God? And in response is, Our God is in the heavens and He does all that He pleases. Not to us. Like our heartbeat in this room, the heartbeat of Grace Church, the heartbeat of believers ought to be a people whose cry is this, not to us, O Lord. May it never ever be about me. May my life never be about me. May it never ever be about Grace Church. May it always be all that God does, all that we try to do, all that we live for, be about His kingdom, about His glory, never about us. It's great when God's doing such a great work here in Miami through this church. What an amazing, amazing thing it is that God's doing, working in and through God's people here. But may it never ever be about us. May it always, always be about Jesus. May it always be about His glory. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to Your name give glory. Is that your heartbeat today? Would you say that that's, that's what I'm living for. That's what I'm giving myself to. That's why I do all that I do. That it's about His glory, about His mercy, about His grace. And He says this, for your sake of your steadfast love and faithfulness. This begins to point to us a reason why life should never be about us. That why life should be for His glory and why our hearts cry and our heartbeats should be for God's glory Because of His steadfast love. It's the word hesed. This unconditional, relentless, passionate love and pursuit that God has for His people. His steadfast love for His people. That God will never stop loving us. He'll never stop Pursuing us. He will be continually steadfast loving us. He'll never give up on us. He'll never leave us. He'll never abandon us. He'll never divorce us. He'll never forsake us. We will always have his love. That's our God. And why we shot to be a people who are living for his glory, and it matters, it matters what you're living for today. It matters what you're giving yourself to today. And because of His faithfulness, like let this be about your glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Meaning, God's faithfulness is manifested in what Christ has done for us. Think about that for a moment. All that Christ has done for us. if you want to know His love, if you want to know His faithfulness, look to the cross that God accomplished the mission through His Son Jesus. That He sent His one and only Son to die for us on a cross so that your sins might be forgiven, that your sins might be washed away, that we might be a holy people who are able and called to live for the glory of God. That's His faithfulness. God will always, always be faithful regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the season of life that you're going through. God is faithful and always will be. It's why what we live for matters because this this is our God. In verse 2, the psalmist says this, Why? should the nations say, where is their God? And his response is, our God is in the heavens and He does all that He pleases. Think about this for a moment. That God's people are being mocked. God is being mocked because of the way that God's people have been living. They've been living for themselves, for their own glory, for their own self-promotion, for their own selfish desires, and they are being mocked by the Gentiles. They are being mocked by a pagan world. And the psalmist is saying, why should the nations say, where is their God? Isaiah, the 42nd chapter verse 8 says this, I am the Lord. That is my name, my glory, I will give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. If we're honest in this place tonight, if I'm honest tonight, like my tendency, the tendency of my life, the tendency of my heart, the condition of my heart typically is about me, it's about myself, it's about my own self-pleasure in doing what I want, what makes me feel good, what makes me feel comfortable. We are much more like King Nebuchadnezzar than we are something else. And King Nebuchadnezzar, right? he was one of the most powerful tyrants in the world. He He had dominated the whole world was under his control. And one day he stood on his rooftop. He stood on his rooftop of his palace and he said, look at all that my hands have done. Look at what my glory has accomplished. That's what our tendency, that's what we're like. I don't ever like sharing this story about myself, but it it helps you understand just the propensity of my heart and the things that I have to work against in my own heart and my own life. Like, we, we like to make life about ourselves and not living for the glory of God. Now, when I was in high school in South Carolina, if you haven't picked up the twang, that's where it comes from, and it can get a whole lot worse. We had eighth grade in high school. We weren't just freshmen. We were called sub-freshmen. Like, if freshman isn't bad enough, now you're a sub-freshman. Now, I was a pretty prideful Arrogant, thought I was all that in a bag of chips kind of guy, thought way too much of myself. Now, I'm, I'm seriously, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. I stood up in one of my classes, told the professor, hey, I had something I wanted to share with the whole class. Now, just put in also perspective, my last name's Gold. And she so says, sure, Mr. Gold, go right ahead. And I made a fool of myself. Mm. I stood up in front of this class and I strutted all across, I'm not, this is a true story. I'm not making this up. I know you don't know me. This is the truth. And as I strutted across the room, I said this, I'm the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, a myth, a legend of the world. Can you imagine that? How prideful you would have to be to say that in a class? I did that. And I sat down, so proud of myself. And that wise teacher looked at me and said, Mr. Gold, you know who you are? I was like, no sir. He said, you are fool's gold. I'm like, oh. Man, he humbled me really quick. And there's still a lot of pride left in here. God's still working that out. That my life, ministry, should never be about me. That what you do for the kingdom of God should never be about you. What you do here at Grace Church should never be about Grace Church. It should always be about the kingdom of God, the glory of God. And it should be our heart's cry, right? As God's people, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. May that be our heartbeat. May that be our cry. May we be marked as a people who live for the glory of God, not for ourselves. Because God is a great God. He's to be great among us, and His name is to be made great of in our hearts and our lives. Listen, if you want to know, anybody here want to know what matters to you? Really matters to you today? Does Anybody like treasure maps? Some of you? Okay, at least one of you. Like I, I'm a conquest, kind of let me go discover stuff, kind of kind of crazy guy. Love, love to figure things out. Love to do like treasure hunt things. But at the end, the X marks the spot, right? And so there's clues all the way around that you follow to figure out what's the treasure. Like when you find the treasure and you get there. And so I, w- I want to help you navigate just a moment... Take some inventory of your life and just ask some simple questions. And at the end of those questions, whatever marks the X, whatever's there, that's your treasure. That's what you're giving yourself for. That's what you're living for. That's what really matters to you. It's what you're trusting in and giving your life to. So what are you doing with your time? Just be honest with God. Ask Him to show you what you're doing with your time. Because what you're doing with your time matters. Because it helps you understand what you're actually living for and what matters to you. What are you doing with your talents? Your gifts that God's given you? What are you doing with your treasures? Just take a look at your checking account. Take a look at your bank statement, and it's going to let you know what matters to you. What about your thinking? What are you giving your thinking to? What is it that that you get up thinking about every day, every morning? Is it His glory, or is it about you? How about your talking? We can talk about a lot of stuff, can't we? But is your talking seasoned with God's grace? Is it seasoned with the gospel? I can remember a time that God rebuked me over my son because my son was a really, really talented football player, Joe. And I can remember talking to people all the time about Joe and all the college offers that he was having. He had like 15 different division one offers to go play football. He's a big guy, played center. And I would constantly talk to people about my son and about his athletic ability and all these coaches that he was getting to meet and all these conversations that happened and these people that we were going to go see and the schools that we were going to go visit. And then God just simply said, Hey, is that really the important thing, the most important thing about your son? Is his ability to play football? Because what I should have been telling them, he was the only person on his team in South Fort Myers as a freshman who knew Jesus, who loved Jesus. And every single season, my son would kneel at the center of the football field before a game and after the game, and he would pray. And for two seasons, he was by himself praying. But the junior year, something happened. A couple of guys joined him. A few more have joined him as they're praying. And I asked him one day, I said, son, what are you praying for? He says, dad, I'm praying the gospel over my teammates every single game. I'm not praying that we'll win. I'm not praying that we'll play good. I'm praying that they would know the gospel. By a senior year, the entire team and coaches included were all surlent at the 50-yard line with my son praying the gospel over him. And I wasn't talking about that at all. I was talking about his talents on the football field. And God said, really? That's what you're going to talk about? So just take some inventory if you, if you really want to know what matters to your life, just think about your time and your talents and your treasures and your thinking and your talking. And is it gospel? Is it gospel centered? Is it God glorifying, God focused things? It will help you know what really matters to you, what you really treasure in this world. Verses 2 and 3, again. Why should the nation say, Where is their God? So, what you live for matters. Why should Miami say, Where is the God of Grace Church? Why should your neighbor say, Where is their God? Where you play football, where you play soccer, whatever it is that you do, wherever you play, wherever you do life, why should they say, where is their God? Because what you live for actually matters. We are to be a people who make Him known, who faithfully represent Him. He says this, our God is in the heavens and he does all that he pleases. That is our God. Meaning he reigns and rules over everything. Our God is in the heavens. He is above everything. He is over everything. He is greater than everything. He's created all things. He is the sustainer of life. He reigns and He rules. And the question is, does He reign and rule in our hearts and in our lives? Does He reign and rule over your time? Does He reign and rule over your treasures? Does He reign and rule over your talents? Does He reign and rule over your time and your thinking and your talking? He is the living God, the eternal God, all-powerful God. Isaiah 46 verse 9 says, I am God and there is none like Me, declaring the end from the beginning. He is the Alpha and the Omega. That is our God. He is in the heavens. And listen, He does all that He pleases. And all that He does, He does with great ease. All that He accomplishes for His purpose. All that He wants to do in your life, in my life, in the life of Grace Church, He does with great ease. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. He does not rest. He never grows weary. He is our Creator God. That is our God. He's in the heavens, and he does all that he pleases. Again, we read this earlier Isaiah 42, verse verse 8. He says, This I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Listen, what you trust in matters. What you give your life to matters. They're idols. Now this is a bit comical in the scriptures. If you understand what the psalmist is doing, he's he's mocking. He's mocking those who have mocked God. He says, our God's in the heavens, He is personal, He is living, He's all-powerful, all-knowing God. He says, their idols, their little g-gods, are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have hands, but they cannot move. They have feet, but they cannot walk. They can't even make a sound in their throat. And all those who make them become like them, and so do all who trust in them. Listen, the reason what you live for matters is because you become like what you trust in. You become like what you live for. So it matters to you personally as a believer. What you live for matters because you become like what you live for. These idols are worthless, lifeless, useless, disposable, hopeless, dead things. They're not alive. They cannot bring any help to you. They cannot bring any protection for you. They can't provide for you. They're worthless. And God's word tells us that everyone who trusts in those things become like them, become hopeless, become lifeless, are disposable, and are dead. What you live for matters. Because you become like what you live for. You become like what you trust in. So again, go back. Go back and ask. Go do the homework in your heart. Ask God to show you what it is that you're living for. Because it's very important. Because whatever you're living for, whatever you're giving yourselves to, you're going to become like. Now here's the hope. 1 John third chapter. God's Word tells us this. What we are is the children of God. And what we'll be, we don't know, but we know this, when we see Him, we will become like Him. And all who have this hope purify themselves, for He is pure. Do you get the hope that's in there? That if we'll place our hope, if we'll place our trust in Him, that we will become like Him. He will make us holy. He will use us for His kingdom. He will give us purpose. He will give us a life worth living. There is hope in that. If we will trust in Him, if we will hope in Him, He will make us change. He will change us. He'll transform us. We'll be a different people. What you trust in matters. Those who make them become like them, and so do all who trust in them. I'm going to deviate a little bit from our text just to give another idea about why it matters what you give yourself to. The book of Job in the first chapter, we get to see a conversation that took place in heaven. And it was about a man named Job. It says, all the sons of God's had come together. And the devil had come. And they were giving their reports to the Father in heaven. And God said, why are you here, Satan. He says, well, I've been going all over the world. I've been going back and forth, looking, looking for someone who, who actually loves you, someone who actually worships you, someone who actually is trusting for you, trusting you, someone who actually is living for you. He says, I've been all over the earth and hadn't found anybody yet. He says, oh, have you considered my man Job? He says, oh, Job, that guy... The only reason why he's trusting you, the only reason why he's living for you, is because you've set this hedge path of protection around him. You've you've given him great wealth, you've given him great prominence, you've given him great influence. You've done all these things for you. That's why he loves you because you've been so good to him and you've blessed him in such a great way. And God was like, "Oh no, you can do anything you want to him. Don't don't touch him. You can take anything you way to want away from him you want to, but he will trust me. He will worship me. He will live for me." If you don't know the story of Job, you know what happens. The enemy comes and he takes away everything. You want to talk about a difficult season in life? You want to talk about some setbacks in life, some discouragement in life? Just look at the life of Job. Who in one day lost everything. One person coming in after another saying, listen, we were just attacked by this foreign enemy. You've lost all your cattle. You've lost all your servants. I'm the only one who's left. And the next soon as that guy finished, the next guy come in and said, listen, we got attacked by another army. You've lost all your camels. You've lost all your servants. I'm the only one who survived. Then another guy comes in and says, you've lost all of your sheep. You've lost all of all your animals. And I'm the only one that's left. And then the last guy comes in and says, listen, there was a great earthquake, a great wind, and your whole family, all your kids are dead along with all their servants. That's a bad day. You know what his response was? He fell down on his knees and he tore his clothes and he says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But I choose to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. He worshiped. He worshiped. What you're living for matters. What you're giving yourself to matters. Because listen, there is a war going on in your life for what you're living for. Every single day, you're engaging in spiritual warfare, whether you're going to worship the King of Kings, whether you're going to treasure the King of Kings, whether you're going to trust in the King of Kings, whether you're going to live for yourself or live for the kingdom of God. Every day, you're in a spiritual warfare. It matters. It matters. I wonder. And I've wondered if my worship, if my trusting, if my living has ever been a conversation piece in heaven. I wonder if the enemy's ever said, Hey, I've, I've been everywhere, I haven't found something, and God said, mm, Go check out my boy David there. I wonder if your worship, what you're trusting in, if what you're living for, has ever been a conversation peace in heaven. So if you're not in the midst of a difficult season, you're getting ready to head into one, and if you're in one, you're getting ready to head out. Welcome to life. It's going to be a lot of setbacks, It's going to be a lot of discouragements. It's going to be a lot of bad days. and what you're living for matters. It'll determine whether you'll fall on your knees and worship Him or whether you'll turn away and walk away. And with a dying world who doesn't know Jesus, who's watching you to see how you respond, it matters. It matters to the seven million lost people who live in these three counties, who are here in Miami. It matters. It matters. What you're living for matters. What you're giving yourself to matters. And I love God's grace. He always points us to what we need to be doing. I believe it's verse 9. God's so gracious to us. Oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. He's your help, He's your shield speaking to the nation he's speaking to us as god's people oh grace church trust in the lord he's your help he's your shield house of aaron trust in the Lord. Listen, Aaron's household was those of the priests, the Levites, pastors who are in this room today. Trust in the Lord. He's your help. He's your strength. He's your shield. All those who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He's your help. He's your shield. God's so gracious to point us to Himself, to point us what we need, to let us know that listen, it matters what you live for. It matters what you're giving yourself to. It matters what you're trusting in matters. Trust in the Lord. Put your hope in Him. And nothing else. Because it matters. And then the psalmist continues in verse 12. This is the great promise of God. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and the great. God will not forget us. He will never forget us. Remember, he's the God who's steadfast in his love. He's the God who's faithful. And if you want to know how faithful God is, look to the cross. Listen, there's a, there's a scripture verse that I love that encourages my heart. That's grounded my life, grounded my heart in and its Romans 8:32. There's a great promise in this text. There's a great foundation in this text that the foundation's so strong, it's so secure that it's impossible that the promise would not be fulfilled and it's this Romans 8:32 For God did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all That's the foundation You want a strong foundation to anchor your heart and your life in? A verse to anchor your heart and your life in? Make it 8.32 of the 8th chapter of Romans. That God didn't spare His Son, He spared you and me. He slayed Him on a cross instead of us. God's wrath was poured out on His Son. And His Son, hanging on a cross, absorbed like a sponge. He absorbed all the wrath of God. And God poured it all out. He spent all His wrath. And Jesus took it all in for you and for me. In my place and in your place. God did what was most difficult. He's already done the most difficult thing. He gave what was most precious to Him. He gave what He loved most dearly, His Son, and He slayed Him on a cross for you. What a foundation. And here's the promise How will He not then graciously give you all things? That's the promise. If God's done the most difficult, if he's done the hardest thing, how will he not then graciously give you everything that you need for every season of life that you'll ever go through? It doesn't mean you get everything that you want. But it means that God has promised us and the foundation is so strong that it's impossible. He will not give you and I everything that we need to live for Him and live a life that matters and live a life that's for His glory. Amen? That's good news. That's a God who's worthy of your life. Like what you live for matters because what you live for ought to be worthy of your life. You don't want to live a life that's wasted. God is worthy. He's worthy of your life. I love the book of Isaiah and I love the sixth chapter of Isaiah. Now, every now and then we get these glimpses into heaven. Anybody want to go there? I hope we see more hands than that. Anybody want to go to heaven? I didn't mean like right this moment, but maybe, yeah, right this moment. Come on back, Lord Jesus. Like we get this glimpses into heaven, and every time we get a glimpse into heaven, this is what's happening. It's worship. I mean, hot, white worship. Every time God opens up the heavens for us to see it in Scripture, that's the room temperature. It's worship. It's people giving their all, living for the glory of God, Worship the one who's worthy of their lives, worthy of all that they have. have, They're giving everything to him because he's worthy. And we see this picture of Isaiah. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And smoke filled the temple. Then one angel, cherubim, two of them, with two wings that they flew, with two wings they covered their feet, with two wings they covered their eyes, and they cried back and forth to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty. And the voice of the ones that shook, shook the foundations of heaven, And Isaiah, right, is seeing this. He's seeing this worship of this holy, holy, holy. He says, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Isaiah understood instantaneously in a moment that there is a God who's worthy of our lives, worthy of our worships, and we ought to be living for Him, trusting in Him, giving all that we have for Him. He's worthy. I'm not sure what you're living for, but is it worthy? Listen, everyone in this room is an amazing worshiper. You treasure everything you have very well. I don't have to teach you how to worship. I don't have to teach you how to treasure. I don't have to teach you how to love and live what you're living for. You're doing a great job at it. Everybody in this world, every, every humanity that, listen, the condition of the heart is to worship. Everybody on this earth gives their their souls to something. They give their hearts to something. They give their time to something. They give their thinking to something. They give their treasure to something. They give their talking to something. No one has to teach you how to worship. You're amazing at it. The problem is with most of us is the object of our worship, the object of our affections, the object of what we're living for. And whether it's worthy of your life or not, if you want to worship someone, if you want to live for something that matters, live for Jesus. Because this Jesus, He left the cries of holy, holy, holy. What Isaiah was seeing, Jesus had been receiving for all of eternity. Holy, holy. Holy, holy. And he came to earth and he lived a sinless, perfect life. And he came to cries of crucify, crucify, crucify. He's worthy. He's worthy of your life. And what you live for matters. Grace Church, what you live for matters. And may it be our heartbeat when we leave this place to us, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but your name be the glory for and ever and ever. For your steadfast love and faithfulness.